All right, Chuck. Good morning. Call number call, call number three. Call number three. Yeah. How's your morning going? Pretty good. Weather's uh, fall like, wet, cold. A little bit of a breeze, dropping leaves everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, we've got uh, finally a bit of rain came in this last week, last couple of days, pretty constant, consistent, I should say. <clears throat> but, yeah, we're warmer than you in the 60s. Well, that, that, that doesn't sound right. Are you telling me that, my, that what I experience here is wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Are you telling yeah. me that my reality here in northern Illinois is not true? <laughs> I don't know. Reality is what you make it. Well, it is what I'm definitely experiencing. The, the the neat thing about reality, actually the neat thing about truth, is that out of my eyeballs, as I look out the window or as I step outside, now with technology, you don't even have to believe me. I can I can turn on my my phone, turn on the camera, and you can actually see that the location, the time-space situation that I'm experiencing is actually true, even if it's sunny and you're laying on the beach somewhere. This is which true. Means, which means that truth is happening all the time. Truth is all the time in every place. And the fact that I'm holding on to the elephant's tail and you're holding on to the elephant's tusk doesn't mean we know necessarily the elephant in the room exists. Yeah, well, I was, uh, <clears throat> as you know, I did the cult work there some years ago, and uh, I remember when you and I talked, oh, it's many years back now, and you had a podcast going or whatever it was, and I came on a couple times and just talked about the the cult world from the inside perspective working with the, they used to be called the programmers and then they were called exit counselors. You know, you had to PC it up a bit there. Um, but uh, one of the things in thought reform, uh, one of the primary base things is um, all you have to do is remove objectivity. Um where your world shrinks down and everything's just a subjective experience and you, can't, you have no other point of reference inside the cult. They're going to control everything uh, that you touch, taste, feel, smell, read. And uh, this has been what's, what it's been like for our species for a very long time anyways, other than maybe small areas that didn't, <clears throat> so to speak, drink the Kool-Aid. Thank you, Jim Jones, for coming up with that one, I guess, uh, posthumously. But, uh, yeah, the uh, observable reality uh, that people have within, within the confines of a thought reform system are... They come directly from 
the control of reality vis-a-vis perception. So uh, literally a a charismatic leader can take and tell you that the apple on the table in front of you is not an apple or there is no table or so on and so forth, and you will deny, quote, reality, observable reality, um, for the words of the leader. And we live that globally now. Uh, and it looks like, again, it's hard to <clears throat> understand any of the stats because everything's manipulated so much, but there are people that are tracking things and there are actual uh, entities that do monitor and track actual statistics and data. And it's about a 50-50 split, maybe 55-45, 55 being brainwashed, so to speak, 45 not. Um, And that kind of stands to reason across the board with almost anything, even this dichotomous bullshit of um, democracy here, for example, which we know was never intended to be democratic, and it never has been. Um, But if you split it between the left and the right, the Republican and the Democrat, Um, it always comes in somewhere around that midpoint. About 50% do and 50% don't. And depending on now where we live, like you say, you're northern Illinois, I'm northern California. Um, If you were to come out here, it is slanted more toward the brainwashed. Um, where you're at, from what I understand, maybe not specifically where you're at, but we'll say Midwest in general, not on the coasts of this country, it slants the other way. Um, or if you go into the cities, uh, the metropolitan areas, where the crowd mentality is just overtaking everything, it's literally these are confines of the Guyana cult, Chicago, San Francisco, L.A. Pick a, pick a big city. Uh, you have the numbers slanted greatly toward, quote, the brainwashed versus the non. Get out in the rural communities, just the opposite. Uh, but overall, if you take a look at it from that uh, broader perspective, it's still about 50 and 50, and 50 uh, roughly speaking. Again, a little bit slanted one way or the other maybe, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't know where I was going with that, but the objectivity thing and the removal of it doesn't allow you to be in that present moment or to be here because everything you have, everything you're experiencing, you will deny your senses. You will deny your reality or reality, I should say, not yours, but with a supplanted reality that they've given you. We've watched it time and time and time again. And to me, that's the most disturbing thing because I learned through that cult work that the chances of getting somebody unbrainwashed, so to speak, are very, very low. I mean, you have to remove them completely from the influence, uh, sequester them literally for whatever period of time, and this isn't an hour or two or even a month or two, they cannot be around that influence at all or they will immediately go back in. And then the greater propensity is that if you do get them freed up a bit, 
they will hop back in to another system, the same system. And with the world being littered with nothing but basically uh, a distorted perception of reality, um, there's not many places to run and hide anymore. There's no real places to go. Um, I'll let you step in because I don't let that line of thinking kind of just disappeared on me about two-thirds of the way through, so I'm just making it up. No, 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 here's here's the thing is when you reference Jim Jones and and the fact that he was this um, cult leader, uh, religious leader, so to speak, um, that the concept of drinking the Kool-Aid, I mean, it obviously has a negative connotation, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, so if somebody were to say that Chuck drinks the Kool-Aid, how would you feel about that? Are we allowed to cuss on here? <laughs> <laughs> the reason I'm asking is because well, I already know, I mean, obviously I already know the answer to that. If somebody said right. Kurt was drinking the Kool-Aid, I would know that it was, a, it was, they were basically slamming me in some way um, or distorting something. But the, the fact is, is, see, when I hear drinking the Kool-Aid as a negative, I picture a Catholic priest or, or some other priest at the front of a church with a right. big chalice or cup in his hand with, with some wine in that cup saying, this is the body, this is the blood. This is the blood of Christ right. given to you. And then you go up there and drink that Kool-Aid. It's the same thing exactly for me. What they did is they, they, they made it a negative when, when some guy down in Guyana kills 1,100 people with poison. And yet, it's exactly the same thing when you sacrifice yourself through a belief system by drinking the body and, or eating the body and drinking the blood of some fictional character. It's the same right. damn thing because it's called self-sacrifice. Whether, whether we see dead bodies in the field or we see birth certificates evident, evidencing decedent estates, it's the same thing. So as long as you keep drinking the Kool-Aid, i.e. going up there and taking communion with that particular cult or any cult version of that cult, it's still a cult. Um, yeah. Now, yeah, you, when you talk about, yeah, when you were talking about that middle ground also, when I, when I think of middle ground at this point, I think of the bell curve. You know, where, where you got two extremes on both ends, and then you have a place where um, a middle ground between the two. Uh, the left side of the bell curve is those that are weakest with the far left extreme. Um, the right side of the bell curve are those that are the weakest with the right side of the extreme. In other words, they meet in the middle because they, they're not extreme on either end. But they're right. still allowing they're still allowing for the existence of those two extremes to exist. In other words, if I'm not a far right winger or a far left winger, I'm still believing in those two wings, so to speak. And the fact that I believe in them and then I say, well, I'm neither that nor this, I'm still allowing that they exist, those two extremes. In reality, yeah. they don't exist. So I feel yeah, like you, by accepting... Go ahead. 
Well, you raise a good point, and you made a comment some years ago about that, too, and I'm trying to remember. It was biblical reference or whatever. Turn the other cheek. And he said, fuck that. Um, and <clears throat> just in what you were saying there, it, it brought up to me, um, no. I mean, one of the worst things we can do is allow and accept in a general sense. Uh, that meaning that there is no boundaries at that point. There's no definition between you and I if we're just in this amalgam. Whether or not scientifically we can prove we're all made of the same moon dust and all that stuff is irrelevant. Um, we have to be individuated, you know, to be able to have whatever the experience is. But in a crowd, as you know, uh, the crowd mentality, I think you've got the book too. I don't remember the exact, but... Uh, um, that it becomes the hive mind that's how i've heard it termed i mean i know that from the cult everybody just parrots the same thing uh you have the occasional rogue within there that just goes along with it you've seen the experiments with the lines and so on and so forth and the length of the line and stanley milgram i think did that one but nonetheless very easily manipulable manipulatable how do you say that never mind i'll pass it um but uh, within the confines of that, it's so against nature um, to not be functional and standing, quote, on your own two feet and contributing to a group, a tribe, think tribe or something like that. And I'm not saying there isn't uh, some type of hierarchies and stuff in tribes. There are. You have their chiefs and you have... But by and large, a functional tribe or group is that each individual comes to the table bringing what they are able to contribute, and leaders are born, so to speak, uh, because the only difference between a good, stable leader that takes their tribe and kind of watches over or walks first is they're the individual that's willing to shoulder more responsibility than everyone else. Everyone else is probably willing to risk some, depending on the strength of that leadership. Uh, we have created these modern systems or state societal structures as we know them. And again, everything gets usurped completely when it comes to nature and how it would be to be functional, be it with a mate or in a larger setting with a group. And within the confines of that, what's going on for the people aside from all the programming directly and indirectly, you'll notice um, they have something that they feel they have to defend. And so I think you and I have talked about this in <clears throat> actual belief systems, be it Christianity or whatever. Um, why are they so worried about you and I and what we think, if they were solid in their belief system, in this case, it, what would be the threat? I thought God's got it covered or Allah or whoever the hell it is, right? Um, and so you get that phenomenon is, we call it self-righteous, hypo hypocritical, whatever, but all attack is seen by the attacker as defense. So you and I pass by the group. We're not conforming to the group, even though we're not even interacting with the group. We're not even questioning anything. We're just bumping along in our life. And you will get attacked 
And it's like that tells you how unstable or how non, not solid the people are within it because they are functioning off belief. They're, they've, again, lost objectivity. It's just a subjective experience, and it's self, uh, self-limiting in that it's just circular. All they got to do is set the program in motion, and it becomes self-reinforcing. That's the word I was looking for. You'll do it to yourself. You don't need any other help at that point. And back to really hard to get someone, especially a group, it's almost impossible uh, to wake up as we, as, as we all have probably said, wake up, wake up, wake up, you know. It's interesting now. It's called woke, uh, <clears throat> a weird version of wake. Um, but uh, as I watched this entropy process, uh, come to fruition, uh, probably one of my major focuses is watching the studies on we're no longer reproducing at a rate that we're going to sustain the human species. Um, it's been this way for a while. If you're not at 2.1, eventually it's game over. Uh, and there are many countries or many parts of the world, I should say, that are not they're well below that line. Um, and this isn't nature calling unless you're looking from a higher perspective. This is us doing it to ourselves. And it's overwhelming to think that that is what's going on. But again, you and I sit to the degree we can in observable reality. And it's very distressing. Uh, to watch this show, knowing that ultimately we're all on the same boat. You know, I don't care if we're on a different deck. We're still on the same boat. Well, let's 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 entertain the concept of of reality. When we were talking about the 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 far right or far left, those two being extremes. And then some middle ground um, between those two extremes. Well, here's the problem. That scenario, both extremes and the middle ground, is all fictional. It's all made up. In, uh, Stephen King wrote a book, Under the Dome. Um, the Truman Show with uh, Jim Carrey, the movie. Uh, all of this, these ideas of being underneath some some firmament or dome. Now, a lot of, a lot of flat earthers and, and other morons like them, um, they talk about this dome. What they don't realize is the dome is also fictional. It's the idea. The dome is an idea um, right. that gives jurisdiction, fictional jurisdiction to those that adhere to those ideas. So, again, in the Truman Show, there was a physical dome over the top of him, but reality was outside the door beyond the dome. So if he believed and continued to believe that the world that was presented to him was the real world, then he wouldn't have fought so hard to get the hell out of it. He would have accepted that world and gone on with his insurance uh, salesman life. But he didn't accept it. There was something wrong, something more, that, and something beyond that that he could feel. And that's what he pursued. 
He wanted to get outside of the mindset of that dome, which was, was presented to him in the form of a, a commercial character or a birth certificated um, commercial character, I should say. Now, Stephen King writes a novel called Under the Dome, and again, it's invisible. But people bump up against it and die because of it. Again, those people that believe in this, this firmament believe there's a real substantial dome that covers over the top of us. Again, more nonsense, but it's the right. belief system that keeps them within the jurisdictional boundaries of that dome. Ultimately, the dome is your cranium. It's your skull. So it's the mindset. It's the belief system. It's the dome itself is, is, is what you believe. And that's right. what they're controlling. They're controlling what's going on under the dome of your brain, uh, uh, within your brain. Here's the, here's the amazing thing. We talked about this before, but, but my, my dominion, my kingdom, the Lord over which I, lo- I am Lord, the, the, the being speaking, the, the I speaking to you right now is Lord and Master over millions of constituent parts and they're called cells, C-E-L-L-S. So my kingdom is, is based upon a cellular dominion. And that dominion began with a single cell called the zygote. And from that moment to this moment, I am Lord and Master over all of those constituents. And that's, I'm talking about my DNA biology. That's ever existed. Now here's why that's important. We talked about this before. Um, I'm sitting in my basement right now, living and breathing in reality, outside of all man-made jurisdictions, by the way, outside and beyond all man-made jurisdictions. Now, if I accept a fictional city of Rockford, that's a jurisdiction, has its own rules. Um, Township, Rockford Township, has its own jurisdiction and its own rule book. Winnebago County is a jurisdiction. These are all domes. If you want to look at Adam as, what, Russian dolls, Russian eggs, um, Fabergé eggs, an egg inside of an egg, or Chinese boxes, boxes inside of boxes, these are jurisdictions within jurisdictions. But it's all fictional, all of them. So, again, if I'm sitting here, and I believe Winnebago County is a real thing, it's, by the way, is Winnebago County part of nature? No. It's, it's, it's no. an illusory set of boundaries, <clears throat> maybe some rocks on the ground, but even Winnebago County is only an idea. It right. doesn't exist in nature. So I right. have to buy in to the idea of Winnebago County, which, which finds itself in, in, in Illinois, or, and then Illinois, or the state of Illinois, which finds itself in Illinois, which finds itself in the United States of America. All of these things are fictional boundaries. They're ideas. Right. And that's what people right. don't understand, is that all jurisdictions, they're all, what I, what I call, um, I, just just belief systems, every one of them. And when you get to the God side of the equation where there's real biology, real life, a living, breathing entity, squirrels don't give a rat's ass about jurisdiction. They don't. 
trees don't follow jurisdictional law or rules or statutes or codes. They do everything by nature, the standards of nature. And that is what they've done to us. They've got us to believe that we're subject to something other than the laws of nature and nature's God. And by believing in those things, we subject ourselves to the nonsense. It could be jurisdictional rule or it could be COVID. Right, right. Well, yeah, that's uh, uh, <clears throat> government, as we maybe said before, uh, two words, to control the mind, mente, Latin, mind, to govern, to control it, and all they do is control perception and create the narrative, create the story, create the framework. But again, it's all, as we've talked many times, the, the difference between reality and non-reality is belief. Um, that is the gateway drug, um, where you've set aside observable reality, uh, stick your hand in the fire, it burns it, so on and so forth, or as you talked about, um, gravity, um, anything that's nature-made, nature-born, inspired by peace and part thereof, we can't avoid it. Um, we can manipulate to some degree uh, our environment, cutting down trees and redirecting streams and so on and so forth. But in reality, uh, anytime you work against nature, nature wins. It's always been that way. Um, we're sitting on this blue ball. We didn't create it. Uh, we're all dependent upon it. Uh, it's technically not really dependent upon us, if you think about it. If we're not here, it's still here. I'd be willing to bet, even though you couldn't uh, prove it because you wouldn't be here anymore. <clears throat> but, yeah, we've got it so warped and twisted that species-wise, I'm talking, um, as going back to the cult work or whatever, this is the entire species. Uh, it was never that way as far as we know because we were separated from each other enough vis-a-vis -vis continents to whatever that one area went and down it goes. It didn't take the entirety of everything down. Um, they all had maybe their own belief systems. They all had their own whatever. And they, whatever happened to those groups and those parts, it was somewhat disconnected from everything else, or everyone else, I should say. And, yeah, Rome fell, et cetera, so on and so forth. Uh, we sit a, a very precarious position now where literally the entirety, this Jim Jones cult, is global. And if the numbers are even remotely accurate, you don't even need close to 50% participation buying in, bought into, brainwashed, or whatever. You don't even need, you, you need a minuscule amount to screw it up for everyone else. So 50% is massive, like not survivable arc. Um, and of the 50% that aren't, quote, bought in as much, how much would they be able to understand what you talk about, what I talk about, or a conversation like this? A, the, the number shrinks dramatically in the 50% that aren't bought in and they're willing to listen because they haven't done any 
investigation of their own that's like the babe that just come out of the mother. It's learning about the world, but what happens when you're 50, 60 years old and you bump against that dome like Jim Carrey did, you know, bam, uh-oh, now what? Um, and I don't, I don't know how or where to start with getting the message out. Maybe that is what's going on here, and there are many others that are doing similar things you and I are doing. And if you get one to, you know, get in the lifeboat or something like that, it's a worthwhile venture. Um, but I, it just in sheer numbers, this thing's going off a cliff, or we're, you know, we're in midair at this point, anyways. We're off the cliff. We're in midair. Um, and as history, if you believe history, which we can't really believe in history, but if we assume for a second that <clears throat> what has happened just before any collapse, anything's catastrophically failed societally, the powers that be always erase whatever knowledge that you've gained. Burn the books. Get rid of the information. Something happens to us, <clears throat> not just you and I, but in general, you get to start over again if there's anybody left. Um, only I think we've pushed it. You know, we're at the back curve of the evolutionary cul-de-sac at this point. We've run our course. Um, I don't mean to be nihilistic in that way, but I mean it's just using reason and logic and a little bit of walk to the end of the road, turn around, look back. Pretty easy to see. How, how, what do we do about this? Is there anything we can do about it? And I don't have any answers to that. Nor does anyone else that's very aware of this situation. Um, yet, here, look at what we've come to understand. We've lifted up the emperor's dress and there's nothing underneath. Um, I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Or Well, a, a big one is... I think I think what's confusing to people is the concept of the laws of nature and nature's God. Man is not a baboon. In other words, he has an he has a higher order consciousness available. Um, the idea of you know the 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 three part brain, you know the brainstem, midbrain, and thinking right. cap, <laughs> the thinking right. cap. Um, that gives us an opportunity to move beyond the animal. So I have a funny feeling the people that understand the spirit of man and consciousness, by capturing that spirit and or consciousness, they can claim the position of God, the creator. Um, and the reason I say it that way is, how many people, realistically, do you know, that want to go back to living in caves? I mean, when I hear somebody talk about get off the grid, and they talk about barter and all that nonsense, and I say nonsense for one reason. Why, why would anybody accept going that far backwards? We don't need to go backwards. We just need to take the technology that are in the hands of the bad guys and put it in the hands of the good guys. Right. And so then we're Absolutely. using technology, we're taking the technology that's already available, and we're doing something non-destructive with it 
the fact right. that I can I, I, I don't drink any tap water because of the fluoride. I don't I, I can barely look into the skies to see the, the chemtrails being dumped on us. The fact that I have amalgams amalgams in my mouth from the dentist from nineteen the nineteen sixties, the fact that we've been poisoned on so many levels through the technology, even if, if the the, the flicker rate of the screen I'm looking at is trying to do something to my brain internally. The fact that technology is being used against us doesn't mean it's the technology that's bad. It means that the people controlling the technology have uh, uh, a motive that is contrary to life. Yeah, well, in the cult world, that's called a hidden agenda. We all have an agenda. Uh, when we uh, access agency. So my agenda to come see you, for example, and we're going to get together and eat a bite or talk or mow the grass or paint the house, doesn't matter. So there's an agenda, but it's known. You know, I've discussed it. Hey, I'm showing up to help you paint your house. The difference is, when we, and the layer you're talking about, the parasitic layer, is hidden agenda. These are truly parasitic individuals, just like we've talked about. It was fine when you had one guy on the edge of the tribe that's kind of a little off, you know, over there and doing the smoke and the beads and all this, and they're like, eh, he's harmless, you know, whatever. Bad, bad idea. And that goes back to where we started with this. Um, my take on it is, even though we have the higher faculties, um, not unlike the animal world, we still are biologically animal underneath the hood, mammalian. And a tribe would, or a pack of dogs or whatever, if you get one sick, they know that one's got to go. And they either kill it or they put it out where it can't survive on its own because otherwise it's going to take the tribe down. Well, what you're talking about is that exact thing um, in, our, in our world and what how we have allowed it to be constructed, the way or the path out is non-compliance, meaning you just say no. You just walk away, you, whatever it may be, because you first got to stop what's happening, right? You've got to break the backs of all of this nonsense and then start walking in an order in an orderly fashion together to create like you said using all of the stuff we have available to us for the good and not the bad and most of that is going to require blasting the illusions out and that's where it comes back to 50% of the population is brainwashed which it appears to be you know fairly close even though depending on where you live like like I said uh, it's worse here than it is maybe back there. You can't you can't keep that that animal around. That's a poisonous thing. And I you know I'm not talking about you going mass genocide going the other way. But I don't know what we do uh, to stem the tide of what is going on. Um, and maybe there is a lot more benevolence under the hood out there and brilliant architects of the world that I don't understand much about, which is technology in general at the root. Um, decentralization, like through the crypto worlds and stuff like this, it's not about that specifically, and that's why I joined that crypto space, 
was to understand more about it, but it is, in essence, attempting to do what we're talking about or alluding to is you don't need centralization here at all. We have to decentralize if we're going to stand on our own two feet and each gets to come to the table bringing what they have to offer to contribute to the degree they can because not everybody is the engineer, not everybody is the fill in the blanks. My concern, however, is, uh, and I think we might have said this, I don't know, I know you know the quote and I'm going to botch it anyways, but asking Albert Einstein at one time, whoever it was, you know, what do you think uh, going to be the, what's World War III going to look like? And he says, what's, what's it going to be fought with? What weapons or something like that? And he said, I don't know, but he said World War IV is going to be sticks and stones. Um, and if we don't take some of this creativity that we have uh, used, uh, as you're saying, technology and so on and so forth, for the good, this is a one-way ticket to the bottom. Um, it just is. And uh, maybe in a higher sense, it is nature taking care of itself because we have become that entity that is so parasitic uh, that we've taken over the garden of life. Um, and we've not been good stewards by any stretch of the imagination, collectively, that is. Yeah, I don't, just so you know, I, I, we, the word we, to me, um, is almost a libel at this point. Because I don't want to be affiliated with the we. Um, I've heard people recently say, well, we've been in the Mideast, we've been dropping bombs, we've been right, doing this right, or that. Right. I've, I've never participated willfully in any kind of, of that destruction, of any of that right. genocide. I've never been interested in any of it, um, yet I, my name is probably in the books as a participant. Right. So right. they got my... my um, I'm, they they presume me to be part of the collective will to to spread or to be party to these crusades as right. they, as it were um, and I I don't identify with any of this that's why nature's nature is brutal as it is um, and as scary as it is I still believe that technology has an amazing place to make things better but it's just it's it's controlled by the bad. I, I like to say something as simple as the bad guys. Right. Right. Absolutely. What what's that? What's that noise behind you? I just uh, dumped a thing of water oh. out that I had. Uh, all right. Yeah. It's, I'm it's, grabbing it's, grabbing my bottle. Your your microphone is really good, and it picks up that well, really well. Just so you know. Sorry about that. That's all right. Here, but here's here's what I I kind of wanted to get to is that we've lost the ability to actually act individually for ourselves. And I'm saying individual. When I speak of the individual me, I'm talking about the whole. W h o l e. I'm not talking about any missing pieces here. But because of a an early misconception of of the word birth 
I, I, I've left a piece of me, we'll call it human remains, to become part of the collective mass, M-A-S-S, that is controlled by somebody other than me. And what I, I think the most amazing thing is, is as when you start to learn more mythology, um, more of the stories that have been there forever, you start to see things so clearly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use one example as to how they've gained control over everybody in the world. Everybody. And the simplest way to, to the word I would bring to the forefront here would be procrustes. P-R-O-C-R-U-S-T-E-S, procrustes. This is a Greek myth. Now, the reason this is so important is because I look at Procrustes as the way they've gained a deposit or a biological deposition from each and every one of us that now shows our willingness to participate in their crusades. Now, here's, let me explain Procrustes real quick. Um, I'm going to go to, just for the heck of it, I'll go to Wikipedia here. Give me a second. Here it is. Now, Procrustes is an amazing story because it explains the cutting of the umbilical cord. It explains it. I say that, that equality, the way they gained, the way they're granting equality to everybody in the world, by the way, in nature, are we all equal? In nature, are we equal? Are you the fastest man in the world? No. Are you the smartest no. man in the world? What I'm getting at no. is nature. There is no equality in nature. Right. Although we are all perfect, and the reason I say we're all perfect is because, first, again, and I'm, I'm not jumping around, I'm trying to get to a place, but I want you to name a better version of you that exists outside of you or beyond you. Tell me the better version of Chuck that exists separate from you. Right. There is none. In other words, there's only one of you, and, and it is perfect because there is no other. There's no competition within yourself. That's perfection. You are the perfect. You are the whole. And that is perfection. I mean, serious perfection. So when somebody tells me nobody's perfect, I know what they mean. They don't know what they mean, but I do. Nobody's perfect implies a separate biology, a body that's separate from the I or my consciousness, a duality. So nobody's perfect implies there's no consciousness. You put the mind, body, and spirit in one place, all of it, nothing forgotten, nothing left behind, and it's perfection because there is no better version of you. The problem is, is if there's a piece of you left behind somewhere that implies you're broken or that something's missing, and that's right. what I'm getting at with, with Procrucius. Here it is. Procrucian, um, I'm going to just read this because it's so obvious when you hear the story. I mean, we, we hear terms like, you've made your bed, now you've got to lie in it, right? Right. The bed. Here we go. Um, pro, 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 <laughs> it's so hard to say this. Procrucius um, was a rogue blacksmith and abandoned from Attica, a bandit from Attica, who attacked people by stretching them or cutting off their legs, 
so as to force them to fit the size of an iron bed. Here's what he did. People were passing through his realm. People were passing through his realm, and, and he would give them a bed for the night. He would put them up for the night. But they had to fit his bed for them to lie in it. Now, mm-hmm. if his bed was only three foot six, and they were anything over three foot six, he would cut it off. Think about that. His yeah. bed was, was three by four, so any, any, any part of you that extended beyond the three by four got cut off. That's how they made equality in the world. Yeah. What they did is they, they cut off at the belly button the umbilical cord. That's a Procrustean cut. And they took the cut material as the equality, the origin of the species. And they placed that material on deposit. Now everybody's cut the same. Everybody's cut the same. Everybody fits. This is equality. They destroyed the man. They destroyed the entirety of the man to fit the bed, to fit their rule book. Right. And that's, how they're, that's actually how they are controlling the world. They're, they're controlling the world through a forgotten cut. The, the material that was presumed abandoned becomes the deposition or the deposit in their system and then allows them to force you to become surety for their banking activities. But it's, it's, it's worldwide, Chuck. This is yeah. a real thing. It's not shit I make up. Right. And it's, 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 it's mythological, but it's exactly what they're doing because it has worked since Rome started taking the collective human remains in order to control all of those persons or people. Mm-hmm. And they're, but they're doing it through the cut. If the cut did not occur, you would be considered fully present. But because of the cut, a piece of you is left behind, most of the time still attached to the wall of the uterus in the womb, and it gets a date that freezes you in time and space. In my case, the birth certificated Procrustean cut is September 19, 1960 at 3.50 a.m. And yet here I am, 61 plus years later. But they got a piece of me frozen in time and space, don't they? Yeah, well, that fits the biblical story, at least in Christianity, because uh, long ago when I dug into it some and I had a Bible concordance, you know, which is the origins of the words, and you can track right. back this word. This, 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 and on down you go. So we're born into sin. Well, if you go digging up the word sin and you trace it all the way back as far as you can trace it using a concordance, sin equals separation. Now, the biblical story, yeah, that separation is what that is predicated upon, the entirety of the belief system, and the, the, I'm assuming they're all the same. I don't know that much about the other organized belief systems, but um, yeah, you're born into sin, um, meaning you're separated from your essence, whatever you want to say, it doesn't matter, but it fits all of a sudden, now it makes sense. You're separated. It's the original sin. 
Oh, there's no doubt about that. In fact, to, to stay with that idea is um, think about a nuclear bomb. Kurt, where are you going with this? This is so obvious, Chuck. What happens when you split the atom? A huge amount Release. of energy is released, right? Right, yep. What if the atom is spelled A-D-A-M? Right. What if you split the atom, also known as atum, A-T-U-M, what if you split the man and you allow for the capture of his labor or his energy through the cut? Splitting the atom or atum allows for the capture um, of that energy through labor, and you, all you have to do is call it a public utility. Right. And, and I'm going to go to, uh, again, I like doing this, but I'm going to go to atomic age, A-T-O-M-I-C age, the atomic age. Now, they spell it obviously A-T-O-M, atom, atom. Adam, mm -hmm. but, but again, when you understand, if I say splitting of the atom, you're going to picture A-T-O-M in your head because you're right. going to be thinking about atomic energy. But it's atomic right. energy, A-D-A-M, atom, the splitting of the atom. It's all, also atomic, A-T-U-M, atom. Again, you can look all this stuff up for yourself. But the atomic era, and I just went to wiki, but atomic era is a period of history following the detonation, detone, the detonation of the first nuclear weapon. It was called, uh, and it was, it was exploded at Trinity, or Trinity in New Mexico, uh, uh, July 16, 1945. Um, it says, nuclear chain reactions have been hypothesized uh, in 1933 with the first artificial self-sustaining nuclear chain reaction. Let me ask you something. What also was created and, and sent across the masses in 1933? The birth certificate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The origins of a, the birth certificate. A, person, a, right. formal, a formal document evidencing the cut, the splitting of the atom. Mm -hmm. And it's a chain reaction because what? Mom and dad tell their child that's their birthday. Their, their children right. tell their children that's their birthday. It's a chain reaction. Right. And so the energy is available now for capture indefinitely. Because of that yeah. cut. So they're able to capture all this, calling it a, a, a public utility, and now the individual, the owner of that energy, has lost the ability to even use his own for his own. It's become right. public. Right. You exist now for the collective. Right. And uh, all, like all they not. give you... Like it or not, it does, you have no choice because everybody believes in a birthday, so they capture the entire right. secular audience. And then uh, the other thing is the cutting, the piercing of the side or the umbilical area, also known as, well, it's biblical also with the spear in the side of Jesus. But that cut is the same thing. It, that's the same story. Birthday and Jesus are one and the same result. Right. But it's the splitting of the ADAM 
When they cut the umbilical cord, they have destroyed the entirety of the zygote, the singularity, the one. And it gives them opportunity yeah. to capture the energy through a chain of title, a birth certificate. Right, the original, the original sin, the original separation. The original separation, and there it is. And then what do they do? They talk in their Bible, in their, in their scripture, they talk about um, characters such as Job, J-O-B, but we know that Job <laughs> is pronounced Job, job. In, in our world. Right. So when you get a job and you become an employee, that is the life of Job, and that's you being punished for the split, the cut, yeah. forever, until yeah. you get right with your true origin, which is fertilization. This is always biological, but, they're, but they get us to agree to these nonsensical ideas and stories that they know will be fruitful for them. Right. That's parasitic. It's parasitic. Yeah. Um, whether or not this neural network, uh, think mycelium and stuff, uh, or what was the avatar, um, is durable enough within our species to expunge the dead, uh, meaning the parasitic, or that which is killing off the rest of the network, remains to be seen, obviously. Because um, it's, it's a very small percentage. Yeah, they've created chaos for everyone. Um, but it's, again, it, it, it's a reductionist viewpoint I get. I get that, but at the same time, that is true. Compared to if there is 8 billion people on the planet, it's a very, very small percentage that write the script, put you in the story, create the narratives. Uh, very small percentage, again, compared to everyone else. Um, so it seems logical that, well, we should just be able to expunge the 10,000, the million, the whatever the number is, and the rest of us should be able to sort this out. Left, you know, left our own devices. We'll sort it out. Yeah, it's going to be a rough road to hoe because it's, you know, a mess at this point. But we should be able to clean up the house as long as you, you know, keep the dirt from entering. Well, let's, and that's the point. What if, first of all, you want to clean up your house? and I want to clean up my house, and then we both do that. The problem is there's a collective house that is ruled by another, and there's too many people. There's too many domestic I, – I, I'm using domestic as in servants. There's too many domestic right. servants that want to stay in the big house. Right. They, they don't want things to change. They want the welfare state. They want the freebies. They want the insurance. They want the protection of the big house. Of the big house. Um, I'm going to, here's, here's what's interesting. You used the word reduction. I used the word in one of my letters to the president, reducible or reduce. Truth is not reducible. It's all or nothing. Um, uh, same with a man. From zygote to last breath, 
a man is not reducible. If you cut off any piece of him at any point and you terminate that lifetime, that, that, that continuity, he's dead. It's death. Right. So you can't reduce the life of a man to a piece of paper, which they've done with the birth certificate. Right. So they've created a reductionist position where they've captured or chained the spirit, the breath of God, to a piece of paper. What's interesting is how did they do it? They took biological material, and I'm gonna, I know this is sometimes overwhelming for people, but they took biological material called the placenta. And I'm going to go to etymology online right now. And I'm going to go to placenta at etymology because I, I just like to prove what I say. And, and, and placenta, and I'm going just to the last line of the paragraph at Etymology Online, and it says, from Greek, from plaques, flat, flat land. So when the, when the placenta is empty of the, the baby, it is a flat land. It's a flat land. And then they give certificate to that flat land. And then they destroy the biology, but they keep the certificate. So now they have a piece of paper that represents the flat placenta. So you have a flat land, and now you have a piece of paper. So you've reduced the entirety of the man down to a piece of paper by using the, the birthday cake, the original birthday cake known as placenta. And then we keep celebrating that date, the date of the placenta, the flat land. The XY axis, the page. Chuck, are we on the same page here? I hope not, right. because I'm not on a page. <laughs> exactly. What I'm getting at is that there's a third part of this. Um, and you know the book, but the book, the book was written in, in the late 1880s, Flatland. Um, I'm going to go to it, and people should read this stuff. But Flatland was 1884. And it was written by a guy that knew how they were going to control or how they will or have been controlling the world. But they did it on, by book, whether it's a script or by the page, by the title. And so he writes a book called Flatland, and he, and he describes a world from the page. Well, guess what? The birth-certificated character lives in such a book, in such a script, on such a page. They've reduced the spirit of man and God itself, to a page. A three-dimensional biological being like myself has been reduced to a two-dimensional XY axis page by my belief. <clears throat> my belief. So again, these people that are out there that want to promote flat earth are absolute morons because they're participants in the destruction of biology and reality. They think they're talking about something else, when in reality they're promoting an XY-axis realm that exists only on the page. And that's why I'm, I, I, I refuse to listen to anybody that talks about flat earth, because I know placenta is considered flat land. By the way, you came from that land, didn't you? Didn't you come out of... The, the, yep. You came out of it. 
That was your world. That was your land. So they're getting you, if you believe in flat earth, if you're promoting flat earth theories, they're getting you to participate in a crime. They're getting you to agree God deserves to be chained to that piece of paper, that world. And back to Illinois, back to Winnebago County, back to Rockford Township, back to Rockford. They're all fictions, aren't they? Yep. Well, so is that piece of paper, so are those ideas. Right. So if you want to, if you, the reason I brought all this up is because I'm not opposed to the, the virtual money. I'm opposed to who's controlling everything. Correct. I think representative positions, virtual money, so you don't have to carry your gold with you or carry your value or your exchange with you, is, is, is super intelligent. But if you're cut off from your bank account, if you have been removed from your own inheritance, then that system needs to go. All of it. All the virtual, everything right. has to go. We've got to get back to a biological, substantial realm before we can move any further into the virtual non-existent. Right, and that was my point in saying that the way you stop something is just by stopping. You know, don't participate, uh, which I'm not the one that originated that, obviously, but you've got to stop doing what you're doing first or participating in first, which we've all attempted to do early on. It was withdrawing consents, and as we were climbing the ladder out of the muck to take a look from above, <clears throat> um, the first thing to do is stop doing what's causing the problem, to cease, and then steer in another direction. Um, and maybe all of this that is in such a catastrophic freefall at this point will be that impetus. You know, maybe we have finally reached the tipping point. Again, because you and I both know this is not an event that is localized. This has the entirety of our species, as far as we know, involved. Um, <clears throat> and... We know we can't continue the way we're going, or at least some of us know that. It's, it's as obvious as anything. I mean, we got to go a different direction here. We have to first stop this, meaning participating in it. Uh, and use what, you know, it's not the baby out with the bathwater, like you were saying, that we have, quote, infrastructure, whatever, however you want to define that, that is utilitarian to us all. You know, we need relevant education, so to speak, to do so. Um, how do we function where we're at, number one? How do we deal with where I'm at, where you're at? Uh, how do we get people to understand that it's about the relevance? It's all about the relevance. If you're doing anything that's irrelevant, well, guess what? That's where you're going to end up. That's where everybody's going to end up. And everything having to do with any of these things we've been talking about, this two-dimensional world that's been created in the story and the history and the narrative and everything we were brought into, bought into, has to go. Has to go. Um, 
we're we're basically just a little beyond an hour. Um, I, I I got two things left, and I'm going to let you finish it up. But I got first of all, I I love the author Robert Heinlein. That's H E I N L E I N, and I'm going to suggest a fictional book for everybody to read, and it's The Puppet Masters by Robert Heinlein. I've heard it. Um, one of my I've one of my it. favorite books of yeah, it's one of my favorite books of all time. And what's interesting is, um, I, I, this is not <laughs> I'm not trying to give away the story, but I am going to say this: when he describes the aliens that basically end up between the shoulder blades or at the base of the neck, he describes it exactly as a placenta looks. Hmm. And it attaches itself to the brainstem, which would be the fight or flight um, reptilian aspect of our existence, the, the brainstem, the early brain. It's an amazing book to read because you realize by believing in the, the birthday cake, the placenta, it's no different than having this alien ride you like a monkey on your back. Unbelievable book. The other thing I'm gonna, I want to I end with is you said baby out with the bathwater. That's the cut. Mm-hmm. You're throwing the baby away with what's presumably the waste material. Right. The dirty water. The mother's waters. You're throwing. So again, the bath water and the baby go. But they, what do they have? They have their fictional piece of paper, their title, um, to the biology. They destroy everything biological, but they have this title that evidences or represents the placenta, the birthday cake. And from that moment forward, we actually believe that that birthday, that birth certificate, is ours. And so we disappear, and the placenta, the decedent placental estate, is born. And from that moment on, we don't exist, and all there is is to administer or administrate an estate to a decedent because we chose a fiction, a fictional realm that does not exist in reality at all, not even close. Laws of nature and nature's God do not give a rip about those fictions or any fictions. They don't care. It doesn't care. No. Truth doesn't care. So anyway, I'm going to give you the floor, and then we're going to close out. Um, quick question. Puppet master or masters, plural or singular? Mas- masters with an S. Okay. Unbelievable. And when was that written, do you know? Uh, let me let me go to it right now. It it was I mean he's written so many books, but it it was written in. Let's see if I can get to the the actual. My guess is, is it was written in the um, 1940s, late 40s, early 50s. Okay. okay. And if you can see it in the book, you'll realize the parallel to communism. Yeah. The collective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The Borg, yeah. B-O-R-G. Right, right. Well, in closing then, for me, I just was going to throw out possibly a suggestion and we can uh, open that discussion later. But uh, as we're 
we're going to stick and do anything thematic, which you and I typically don't, but uh, going along with the title that you and Debbie had come up with, uh, accentuating the word word, uh, maybe in our travels between now and when we meet again next, if we run across a word, either of us, that we interject that into our next talk. And whether or not we address what it means or anything else is, doesn't really matter. But if we just run across a word that is unknown to us, um, maybe we at least throw that in the next time we talk and let it just sit there. Uh, maybe it spawns a discussion or maybe it's just a moniker that gets thrown in. Uh, I've always been fascinated with words and language and all that stuff anyways. And like we, uh, when we first started talking again here recently, um, language, uh, word usage, structures, all of this kind of stuff, um, we use very little of what is out there already to be used, meaning words. So... I'm going to keep my eye out, so to speak, or my ears out for a word that I run across because I, I run across them all the time. Um, and like I say, maybe that's going to open another avenue for discussion too. I, I love that idea. And I, I mean, I'm just going to throw my word in the hat right now for next week, climate. <laughs> okay. Climate. That is, that is, that is one word big. not to... That, one word, not two, not C-L-I-M-B space I-T. <laughs> no, <laughs> climate, climate as in climate, like most people think of the weather and, and such. And, and so I got, I got some phenomenal ideas that, that need to be expounded on the word climate. So, yeah, that's, yeah let's do that. I love that idea. Um, whatever you got next week, we'll run with. I'm, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll run with climate, and we'll have a lot of fun when we get back together. Very good. Well, always appreciate it. Love you guys. Uh, take care. Give Debbie a hug. And we'll talk again soon. Love you too, Chuck. Talk to you, man. Bye. Bye.